The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's New Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codenamed DJ Christados. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation, Jared Albrecht, codenamed Death Back from a secret mission, huh? I actually, I died on my secret oh. mission. I'm a clone of Death Pro. Jason? Is that you? <laughs> no, no. With a no. mask on? No, just a straight-up clone of the Death Probe. Oh, okay. So I'm very similar, but not the same. There are slight differences. Garage sale artist, that's me. Okay. I see so, you still got so that good. onion smell to you. Yeah, that never goes away. Get that out. <laughs> they couldn't get that out. <laughs> Anyways, Eddie's DJ Cristados, and to all the green shirts tuning in for this podcast, I want to welcome you to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in to talk some post-2000. G.I. Joe Comics with us as we chronicle our way through the Devil's Do Run. On this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, DJ Cristados and I are going to rotate in a special ops guest for the show. For this episode, our special ops guest is Dave Collins, codename Battle Wagon. Van, Battle Van, Battle Van. Uh, uh, Van hasn't agreed to be on the show yet. Not sure he's a big G.I. Joe guy. Anyway, welcome to Fort Longbox. <laughs> Battle Wagon, <laughs> Van Man. Battle Wagon. So this is the part of the show where we debrief our new recruits. So we're going to talk to uh, Battle Wagon Van Man here and find out what his origin story is with G.I. Joe. How did he start up with the G.I. Joe franchise? And subsequent question, name your three favorite characters, be they Joes or Cobras. So Dave, how'd you start with G.I. Joe? All right, so this is going to be a little tough for me. And all my appearances on the network, I know there's a legion of fans out there who, you know, really wait for my bits of insight and nuggets and my awesome quotes, but I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big G.I. Joe guy. I do have some knowledge, but uh, I do not have a huge G.I. Joe background. Somehow I miss that that little era. Somehow, I'm, I guess maybe I'm too old or not quite old enough or whatever, but I do know a little bit about it. And my earliest remembrance is, of course, the G.I. Joe cartoon that come on after school. The one that sticks out in my mind that I always think about is the one where Storm Shadow finds Excalibur, takes it out of the lake, and it's raining, and the whole thing is about trying to get the sword back and get it back to the Lady of the Lake. I'd love to see that episode again. That's actually a, the one that sticks out in my mind. But if we're going to talk about my three favorite characters, it's got to be Baroness, Baroness, Snake Eyes. Got that <laughs> Snake Eyes sandwich with the Baroness bread. <laughs> Got you. Got you. Those are not wrong answers. Dave, I would have thought you were a somewhat of Joe fan with the war comics that you like to get. You would think so, but for some reason, I just have just missed that little time period. Like, I don't want anybody coming after me with pitchforks, so I will not reveal That's my okay. location. But uh, Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, and Transformers are three things that I kind of missed. Hmm, you missed some good stuff, my friend. But you know what? Don't feel bad because the special guest on episode 21, Sean Urbanski, had never yes. read a G.I. Joe comic until he read one for the show. <laughs> so, you know, he had no familiarization like whatsoever with Joe until he came to the show. So you're a step up from that. And I want to point out to you that I believe the website is Daily Motion has every G.I. Joe cartoon you can watch. So if you found out the title of 
that episode with a little Google search. That you could probably go there and watch it. That's good intel, sir. Good intel. Mm-hmm. Or it's also on Tubi. Okay, cool. The streaming good channel, too. Well, I will have definitely. I mean, I did enjoy this one. I, I mean, I know we're going to get it in a minute, but I did enjoy this one. You know, I told you guys I went out and actually found it today and had read it online, but went out and found a hard copy today. So I read it again. And I mean, it was very entertaining. And like I said, it's not that I don't like it. It's just it's something that I kind of miss. But I got you. I've probably got about five G.I. Joe comics. So I've read all of those because, you know, that's my, my for my comic collecting. If I have it, I have to read it. That's part of my deal with myself. But so I do have about five. That's it. It's a very low number. OK. All right. Yeah. So, Pat, you said it's on Tubi. To be. And not to be. Yes. That, that is really the question. <laughs> is it there or is it not up there? Show me our Shakespearean humor, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and while you do that, I'm going to turn it over to DJ Cristados for this episode's intelligence report. It kind of fits in with who we're talking about here with Serpantor and his vast <laughs> knowledge of people that were just brought into him. You know, I, I'll never um, stop being entertained by the way you say Serpantor. <laughs> That's how I say it. Serpantor. I, I know. <laughs> Anyway, I yeah, you're not, you're right. It does because he's he's an old school guy. Yeah, that's Sir, that Serpentor. You got me doing it now. Serpentor, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, for this mission, we will be covering GI Joe number twenty three. Publisher was Image. Its cover date was October two thousand and three, but its on sale date was November twelfth, two thousand and three. Mm-hmm. Josh is slipping. <laughs> well, and that, you know, that brings up a good question. And let me go through this real quick. And then I will get back to my little thing that I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, writer was Josh Blaylock with Brandon Jerwa. Penciler was Brandon Badeau, Tim Seeley, and Mike Norton. Inker is Andrew Pepoy. Colorist is Brett R. Smith of Color Fusion and Ben Hensecker as well. Letter is go to Dreamer Design. Cover art goes to Brandon Badeau and Andrew Pepoy and Ranch. Unless you had the variant cover, which was Tim Seeley. Variant cover was Tim Seeley. Oh, cool. So I'm wondering, and well, maybe once we get into the story too, because of all this going on, are they catching up or? Well, I'll tell you, Pat, my thought is that when you see them bringing in three pencilers, and uh, multi-inkers, a little help on the colorist. Yeah, that really says, hey, we're trying to catch up. We're throwing everything at this to get it done faster. So I, I think that's exactly what's going on. Okay. I was kind of thinking that's what was happening, especially when they did catch up with the last issue. Yeah, that, that whole Beatty and Zek 21 mm-hmm. did help them uh, catch up a little bit, but it seems like they almost immediately lost ground again. So... Uh, we did have Josh on the show, and he did tell us yeah. that a lot of their slowdowns was because, unlike most comics, once they were done, they can't just send it and publish it and go. They have to send it to Hasbro. Hasbro has to approve it, make all their changes, and send it back. So that was, you know, uh, we, yeah. we make a joke, yeah. you know, Josh has to explain himself, you know, just because he's a friend of the show. But in reality, we know the answer. It, it's yeah. a slower process because of Hasbro's involvement. Definitely. All right. Well, speaking about the cover, let's go ahead and get a cover description from Death Probe. Guitar's a little off because I'm a clone. (laughs) Anyways, here we go. Primary cover is the one I'm going to be discussing the most. The image eye is highlighted in black as it blends in with its green tinted background. And the cover price is $2.95. The main action centers on Serpentor. Some say Serpentor. 
He's giving an impassioned speech with Dr. Mindbender and his child clones at his side. Captured and tied up at his feet are both Cobra Commander and Duke. Now, there was a variant wraparound covered, as we mentioned, done by Tim Seeley, and it features Purple Guy. We we all couldn't quite figure out who that I was. I think it's the Overwatch or the whatever that guy, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Somebody let us know. Looks like it could be a Televiper, a Saw Viper. I he's decked out in purple. We apologize for our lack of G.I. Joe knowledge. We, we've had a hard time identifying who that is. So, yeah, somebody let us know. You know, don't let, save us the research. Just let us know in the comments <laughs> who, who that is on the variant cover. Because we did have some people jump in with some extra cover knowledge when we did. Uh, was it 21? I think it was 21. There was another variant. There was a third variant that we didn't cover on the show. And somebody said, hey, there's this other one that's actually pretty rare and shared it in the comments. And that's always cool. So uh, we we do not take exception if you guys want to sound off in the comments to help us out. We love spreading the knowledge. So, yeah, who the heck is that guy? We may never know. All right. Well, now let's find out what you guys think of the cover. And we will start with our guest. Battle wagon. Battle van it is. Oh. <laughs> so, battle van, wagon. It's a pantor, it's a pantor. I think, I think Laurel does all the paperwork prep, so we may need to talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> What yeah. did you sign on the W-2? <laughs> <laughs> What's the, the name you put down? That's the name on my social security card, so we're going to go with that. <laughs> so, you know, I thought it was a good cover. I thought the pencils are pretty good. The colors are good. I think the cover relays a really good what's going on in the issue. I mean, of course, you don't know that until after you've read it, but I think if you read this issue and then you go back and you're flipping through, you go, oh, yeah, I remember this one. It's a tad busy because you got all these kids looking around. And I mean, there's nine of them, but they only put four of them on the cover. So I guess the other five are expendable. I don't know. But uh, anyway, but I didn't think it was a bad cover. I, I mean, it's not a Zach. It's not a G.I. Joe Zach cover, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. definitely a, a nice cover. And it does give you a good representation of what's going on with the story. Definitely does. Jared, your thoughts. Agree with the battle guy. Yeah. <laughs> Battle wagon, whatever. I agree with Dave. I think it's a pretty cool looking cover. He's right. It's a really good, not literal interpretation of the story, but a impression of what's happening and a really good one. Artistically, it's real strong. I think especially if you're a Serpentor fan, this would probably rate real high with you. It's really well balanced, too. I wanted to point that out. And I think Dave already mentioned the colors. It's well colored and has a cool balance to it. So, yeah, I like it. What about you, Pat? I think you hit on a point that I was going to mention is with Serpentor. When you see him on a cover, I think it really draws your attention. He's just got that really cool, iconic look to him. So Mm -hmm. anytime you see him on the cover, you know something is going to happen or something's going down. And then when you have Duke and Cobra Commander with their hands tied behind their back, sitting on a chair, like right by him, this guy means business. He's all business, you know, the Serpentor. Puts his pants on one leg at a time, but once he got that on, he's all business. I definitely like the color as well, too. The alternative cover isn't that bad either. I like that wraparound. I just wish I knew who it was. I just went and looked yeah. at the book to see if it was indeed Overlord, but Overlord is much more orange in the book. Yeah. It's not purple, so I don't... My best Could guess be right now Viper? is Televiper? Maybe I, a I new still design? say if you like that cover, that's Paladin. If you like Marvel's Paladin, that's a great cover for it. <laughs> it does look like Paladin. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, 
I feel bad because it's my limited Joe knowledge. It's definitely not a slight on Seeley's art. I mean, it's a great drawing. Yeah. What I like though is the back, the back cover of it, where you got Serpentor, Duke, is that Roblox, Mindbender, some other guy. You in know, the back I didn't even look at the back cover for this episode. So cool. let me do that. All it's right. a wraparound color. Are you talking about the Tim Seeley one? Yes. Oh, okay. I was going to look at my regular because I was wondering if they did another Beck on this one, but they didn't. The back cover is actually an ad for Frontline, if you have the regular version. It's a good one, though, because it's got Beachhead on it. Look, you can't see the... Oh, let me see if I can get this up here. That's cool. Like I said, I knew it was a wraparound, but I didn't have it. I just have the In My Hardbound G.I. Joe collection. I I like that better. Yeah, the wraparound looks good, but just looking at the front, it doesn't really give you a lot. Yeah. Yeah, You need the wraparound. Yeah, good point. Mm -hmm. All right, well, now that we've talked about the cover, it's time to rate this cover. And we do it on a scale of 1 to 10 flag points here on G.I. Joe Chronicles. 1 meaning you didn't like it at all, and 10 meaning it's perfect and you should make a recruiting poster out of it. So, Van Wagon? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. Van is not that hard. It's three letters. Anyway... If I was a huge G.I. Joe fan and a Serpentor fan, I would give this a 10 because I do think it's a good looking cover, but I am not that big a G.I. Joe fan and I just don't really know a lot about Serpentor. So I'm going to go a solid eight, though. I think it's a solid eight. That's fair. That's a good start. Jared? You know, he kind of took the words out of my mouth. I, I was mm-hmm. thinking it really hinges on you being a Serpentor fan. I think if you're a Serpentor fan, yeah, this is probably nine or 10 territory. And I'm going to end up joining uh, Dave Van Battle on that one. I'm going to give it a nice solid eight. I don't think it's bad at all. I like Serpentor just fine. But I do think if you're a Serpentor fan, then you you might want to bump this one up. And then just quickly on the alternate wraparound, probably about a seven. Nothing against Seeley's art again, just not a super recognizable character. Obviously, we can't figure out who he is. <laughs> I know one of our loyal listeners is going to straighten us out, though. Yeah, somebody's going to send us some terrible messages. But I will make one comment about the cover that I didn't make a while ago. And again, I'm not well-versed, but the Cobra with the hooded mask versus that metal thing is my favorite Cobra commander. You know what I'm talking about? Like, he you yeah. know, has that metal thing over his face. But I do like the one with the hood versus the metal mm. better. So that, that does bump it up to me. That's one of the reasons I kind of like the cover. Mm-hmm. I've always slightly liked the hood one better because of my origin was in the figures and he was more unique and hard to find mm. than the metal face one. I remember getting him a mail order and being so excited. But anyway, Pat, score that cover. Well, Dave, let's go back on the alternate cover. What's your score on the alternate if Jared gave his? On the alternate cover... I'm going to have to go a six on that. And it's not that it's a bad cover. It's just that the cover that's the main cover doesn't tell me enough mm-hmm. to make me go, I want that. It's very generic. Now, if you open it up, it gives you a little more detail and a little more pizzazz. But I don't know. I don't understand what they were going for there. It just doesn't have a cover supposed to make me want it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make me want it until I see the back of it. If it was in the backing board backwards, I'd go, oh, nice. but then i wouldn't know the title of the book so i'd have to but you know i don't know it's just something about it it's just a little too plain for me but i I mean it's not a bad cover but i'm gonna go six on that okay that's fair i will go with a seven on it and i think just like you felt dave if the back cover of that alternative was the front of it oh yeah i'd be down with that one all day long 
But for this one with Serpantor on the podium, I am going to go with a nine. You know, I'm a Serpantor fan. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I like it. I think it's good. Very detailed, uh, especially as you get closer, as it gets closer to you and closer to you with the bottom of the equipment that's running up the podium for the microphones and all that. So very cool. And I like Dr. Mindbender kind of just standing there in his purple suit. I think he rocks that pretty good. I think he might be a Prince fan. Yeah. I, I think so too. to say the same thing. He's obviously a Prince fan. Purple suit, purple suit. This is what it sounds like. What's the Pentecost? That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Well, with the cover out of the way, let's go back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. On G.I. Joe Chronicles, we like to mix things up a bit. I'm going to have DJ Cristalos poll the randomizer to determine the synopsis point of view. Will I tell it from Joe's point of view or Cobra's point of view? Who knows? Cristalos, pull that lever. The lever has chosen Cobra. All right, Cobra it is. Cobra! Even though Storm Shadow put forth his best efforts, Cobra Commander was still nabbed by Serpentor's forces. Joes are regrouping and activating more team members to face the new threat of Serpentor and attempting to locate their captured members. In Cobra Commander's absence, Destro has taken charge of all of Cobra forces as he attempts to hold back the onslaught of Joes attacking our Cobra facilities worldwide. But things are getting stretched thin for both Cobra and Joe forces. Intel reports that Xandar has teamed up with Serpentor and their new COIL organization is just waiting for us and the Joes to weaken each other so that COIL can take over. All right, lads, let's get into our highs, lows of issues. Two rounds, you guys know how it works. Colin, Dave, Battlevan, Wagon Man, on your first round, would you like to do a high or a low or a what the? How are you going to roll it? Van is going to go with a high. And this is a high for the writing of the issue. In the issue, when you saw when Storm Shadow comes to Cobra Commander, try to rescue him from the guys, and Cobra Commander still gets taken. Right before that, they were talking, I think it was Serpentor and another guy. He goes, call him. And he didn't say who. He says, call him to go take care of this issue. And then all of a sudden, in the next panel, you see Storm Shadow jump down, and you think, oh, well, he's that's who he called. Mm-hmm. But then Storm Shadow starts fighting and trying to save him. But then doesn't do a perfect job, and then the old switcheroo, and then Xandar takes off a Cobra Commander. Well, then later on, still in the issue, Destro's talking to Storm Shadow, and he's like, oh, well, you know where my allegiances lie. I would never you know, harm Cobra, but I'm going to sit this one out. My spirit's tired. So kudos to the writer for giving me like a little mystery, like, well, is Storm Shadow in on it? Is he not in on it? Let me put another layer. As you're explaining that, Did Storm Shadow and Commander switch? Yeah, well, yeah, that's true, too. That is a good point. That'd be a cool plot twist. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought about that as you were going over it, and I was re-looking at the pages, kind of following along with you, and I'm like, hmm. I didn't even think about that one. That could be something that would make me want to read on. And again, I'm not a huge fan, but that, that actually got me interested, and I was like, man, I wonder what how that played out, because... It was a really good moment, I thought. I thought they did that very well. Excellent. All right, DJ Cristados, round one. You going with a high, a low, a what the? A low on this one. Since Dave kind of took somewhat of my high of the writing in this one, I really enjoyed the story in this. 
So I'm going to go with a low and go with the art on it. The art in this one wasn't as up to par as the issue before. I had to go back and take a look at it, uh, especially in the scene where Dave's talking about on the pier. There's a lot of just kind of vague. I got confused. Yeah, I got confused at that time too. I don't think the flow of the visual storytelling served it very well because I was like, wait, what's going on? Because it's like the boat's coming, but there's no boat. And then when they're escaping, there's like the boats are right there. And then uh-huh. like the all of a sudden the helicopter comes, but nothing happens and he gets away. Yeah, so it was, it's just weird. Yeah, it was very strange. Yeah, I guess what I'm seeing, though, too, is there's some pages where it's super detailed. And then there's some pages where it's not detailed at all. And, you know, the figures look kind of just wonky. Really comparing it again to the the first issue of this new story, last issue, man, was that thing beautifully drawn, and you only had one person doing it. So oh, that's where I'm thinking. There, there it is. Am yeah. I seeing the difference of what we talked about before with the different pencilers and that yeah, going on here? Yeah. Okay. I, I'll be honest with you. Maybe I just read the book a little too fast. I thought the art was fairly seamless in this one. Maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention. Of course, you read the last issue, and I wasn't mm-hmm. here for that. So you've got that to compare it to. But I think your instincts are probably right. I mean, clearly they had two lead artists and then they had a third guy in there too. Whenever they have that third guy in like smaller print, that usually tells me he's doing background work. So uh, I think they're really trying to make a deadline. And and you picked up on it more so than me because you were familiar with last year. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just it caught me off guard a little bit. But I'm like, man, this thing was really nice last issue. Mm, The art, the coloring, everything. The coloring's decent in this one too you got the same people doing the coloring it's just there was just something odd that caught my eye through it as i was reading through so let me know if anybody else thinks that as well and caught that but still decent art i I enjoyed it helped move the story along i've just more detail would have been really put this thing over yes indeed for my round out of round one i'm going to unfortunately go with the low as well even though overall i was pleased with this issue just that carryover of the what still feels like shoehorned in Scarlet drama, you know, oh, going yeah, all the yeah. way back to like, there's too much ninja stuff going on in your ninja life, ninja snake eyes. Take your ninja wedding ring back. And then she's like, I totally regret doing that. I'm like, you've only done this like 26 times over the course of you guys' relationship. When are you going to figure out that this is how it works? You guys split up. You start missing him something fierce. He usually shows up and does something super badass to save the day. You fall in love all over again. Like, come on, man. I just feel like it's like almost bad characterization for Scarlet because in some ways, I think it makes her feel like that weak damsel. Uh-huh. And that's not Scarlet. The reason her and Snake Eyes work is because she kicks as much ass as he does right by his side. I need to see more of that and less of this shoehorned heartbreak thing so is this more of like the peter parker and mary jane should they have gotten married should they not have gotten married i guess you know i i get that that's a joe staple so i understand why josh put it in there because he's like he wanted to bring that vibe back but for us longtime joe fans it's just like we've seen i'd rather him tell a story where their relationship gets stronger i think going to your point pat i think they should get married i think they're more interesting married Flint and Lady J being married made that story arc awesome. That one that we just finished. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So why not? You know, I've read a G.I. Joe book for 15, 20 years, and 
20 years ago, they were on again, off again. So I was a little surprised to see that. And I was like, wow, man, that's a lot of, oh, yeah, man, they need to make a decision here. Yeah, you would have thought by now, I mean, they would just, okay, we're married. Here's what's going on. But two lead characters, they got to have that drama. Well, we need some little snake eyes running around. We do. It's Kamakura. I don't know. Who I think. Is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who that is. It's another ninja guy that he's got with him under his wings. But anyway. Anyways, let's take it back to the top of the order for the second <laughs> round of highs and lows and kick it off to Battle Wagon Van, Dave Collins, man of the Valden Battles Van Man. <sighs> man, this is going to be a low. Baroness was only in two panels, dude. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I have a certain standard for my G.I. Joe comics that I don't really read a whole lot. I'm not in there right now. But if I was in my comic book room, the only G.I. Joe thing you can see in the whole room is a Baroness print. I like the Baroness. She's only two panels. Very disappointing, sir. Sometimes, Very disappointing. It's, sometimes it's all you need to get by. <laughs> <laughs> Just very disappointed in that. Yeah, other than that, I mean, I didn't think it was a bad issue, but uh, I was a little bummed out about that. Pat, what you got, man? I'm going to go with more of the story around this time. So I really did enjoy this story, the what they're doing here and building everything up. This is a four arc, so we're halfway through. We understand what's kind of happening now with Serpentor and his little Serpentorines. And now he's got this big armory that he's built up for how long? Coil. So Coil, that's a pretty cool name, too. I like it. But I really liked the story of the origin of what happened. Did he not die? What happened? And Dr. Mindbender. Again, I'm floored by the idea that Mindbender was a clone after being killed in the freight ship or whatever. And I think was that issue 100. Again, I get real fuzzy once we get past about sixty yeah. in the Marvel run, so I'll take so, your word for it. But yeah, and you, it's you, been it's been a while for me too. And I'm like, was mine bad? I so again, anybody can keep me updated on that. I'd really like to know that. Well, I can tell you as an outsider looking in, Pat, because you, you you stole my high for this round because you just kind of went on and on about the story and picked about six different things. The yeah, that reminds me, I have a few more things. I, to go I know with. you. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> Man, what a backhanded compliment that was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, an outsider looking in, Pat, I definitely felt that. I definitely felt that too, because like I said, my high for this round was going to be, I finally kind of understood what was going on mind bender. Cause I know last episode, you and Jason were like, wait, did they just say Mindbender's a clone too? Yeah. And they really kind of spelled it out here, and I appreciated that. But yeah. anyway, you go back to what you were saying, but I just wanted to latch on to say, yeah, the, the Mindbender thing was really cool for me. Too. Yeah, I just thought that and with Serpentor and what all he did to get to where he was now, I was like, oh, man, that's really cool. You know, he's just buying his time, waiting around till one day this comes up and he can do what he's got to do now. And so I kind of rooting for him. You go, guy. You know, yeah, it's your it's moment. Like, it's like Hans Gruber and Die Hard. Your part yeah. of me is like, eh, maybe I want him to win. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. You know, he's, you know, he's, he's a little charming, you know. Yeah. But you, uh, you can have your little island and your, your groupies and whatever. You know, it's cool. Just you know, stay in your corner and we'll be fine. <laughs> I may like forty to... years Gruber Commander haven't been able to do anything. Maybe this guy can take care of business. Well, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. You know, hey. Well, like we learned, though, from Sean Urbanski's outside point of view, people like to clown Cobra Commander for, you know, not really making it after 40 years. But he's held on longer than the Soviet Empire because he's still a threat. 
<laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. Over. And he's crazy now. He's even more crazy. Valley <laughs> points, Urbanski. That is Urbanski. Point to Urbanski. Good point, yeah. Urbanski. You got two sides of the extreme. You have Cobra Commander, who's always failing, and and but still, you know, thinks of some good ideas, but they just don't work out for him. And then you got Serpenter, who's doing all this crazy, and he'll, he'll go to a super extreme and do it more extravagant stuff going on. So that's true. That's true. I would say from a leadership point of view, which you know, I teach classes on this. Mm-hmm. Serpentor is definitely the better leader than Cobra Commander. Mm-hmm. Maybe his schemes are too large for his leadership. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, we may see. We'll find out. Because there's going to be a flaw. You know, he's a clone, so he's like, there's got to be some sort of a flaw in him. Somewhere. Hey, I'm a clone, so what yeah. are you trying to say? Do you, well, I can pick out your flaws, but uh, we don't have that much time. <laughs> All right, let's right move now. on. Let's move on. That's the end of the official rounds. Pat, what do you got left in the tank? That's it. I really didn't have much else with this one. It was definitely a good read. And I'm looking forward to the next. Well, then, I will hand it back to DJ Cristados for the IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue. And for those of you who don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue's story on the same 1 to 10 flag point scale we used earlier. Let's go ahead and see how many flag points our guest, Battle Vangon, is going to do. I like to do mine on three points. Spectacle, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My score is probably going to surprise you a little bit. So I feel like that the writer's responsibility and the artist, 90% of their responsibility is to make me want to buy the next issue. And I have to be honest, even though I'm not a G.I. Joe fan, I was really interested to see what would happen next. I'm not going to go digging forever looking for it. But if I run across this, I'm going to be like, hey, I'm going to pick this up and check it out. So I'm going to go at eight because it really made me want to see what was going to happen next because I did like the layout. I did like what was set up. I did like where it was going. I'm interested in what the master plan is. But uh, yeah, yeah, even though I'm not a fan, I'm still going to go a solid eight on it. That's very good score. I, I think I will agree with you on that. I myself will definitely give it an eight. I can't go any higher because of the issues that I had with the art. If it was a little bit better, I'd bump myself up to at least a nine on it. But I'm at an eight. I really enjoyed the story. Laying it down good in these last two issues, getting the buildup. So I think we got a lot coming forward. I can't wait to see this big battle between, hopefully there's a big battle between Coil and Cobra Cobra. Commander's team, (laughs) Cobra, yep, and G.I. Joe's. And yeah, so Jarrett, how about you? I'm going to join you guys on Team 8. So we're going to be crazy 8s on this episode. I thought it was a really strong issue. And I just want to point out from a macro perspective that we are on issue 23, which means next issue will be 24, pretty much two years yeah. of Joe. And I don't think we've ever dipped below maybe a 7. This is strong mm-hmm. stuff. That's true. This whole run. And I know we've mentioned this on a few episodes, but a lot of people come to the show as guests and say, well, I never really gave the Devil's Due one a, a try. I always heard it was like not so great and all that. And then they try it and they're like, it's pretty good. And yeah. I'm like, Blaylock knew what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, especially for such a young writer. Remember, he was in his 20s when he was doing this. Oh, yeah. Circling all the way back to this issue, I think he does a really good job at juggling a lot of characters and a lot of different angles of the story. I mean, how much was packed in here? There's a ton. A ton. And he handles it pretty well. Aside from the really confusing capture of Commander at the beginning, you know, the artistic yeah. flow in the story didn't quite work there. 
but everything else worked pretty well. I mean, we got a lot of information and a lot of story movement on a lot of characters, and he's handling it pretty well. We saw a ton of characters. I mean, it covered the spectrum. You got a big field of vision, so there's a lot going on there. Yeah, I would say agree with that, Dave, that kind of everybody got their time. The Joes, Sepantor, and Cobra Commander, and all that. Everybody got their time in this one. It was really nicely laid out and spread out story-wise. I'm rooting for you, though, Pat. I don't know if maybe you have a memory from when we read this back in the day or something. But if they are swapped out, if they are swapped out, that's going to be so awesome. (laughs) The only thing I can think of is they are playing off of, you know, how mind messed up that Storm Shadow had gotten in the last story arc, what went on with him. So I'm like, yeah, I kind of can believe that. But then again, it's like. It's an awfully convenient excuse for him to be on the sideline, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Especially if he is mind wiped to be. My body's willing, but my mind is tired. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Or spirit or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. And I'm looking forward to 24. That's two years that we've been doing this. Yep. So that's really cool. Went by fast, didn't it? (laughs) It did. It has. But like you said, I've been really enjoying the Devil's Do run here. I've been looking at it with eyes of it's sort of a just a little slight askew of where the marvel universe stopped it's like okay i'm going to an alternate universe where everything was fine up till that point and now they jump forward how many years and seven i think it was to me i think that's where you're going with this pat to me it kind of feels like ultimate spider-man like it's in it's in that a little bit world but it's just a little different and then of course there's what is their front line and, there, going and there's going to be America's Elite. It's going to be even a little more skewed with different styles. This is a very exciting time for Joe. Yes. And, I, and I, it saddens me that so many people missed it or passed by it because they were like, oh, it's not Marvel. So eh. mm-hmm. uh, you might have missed out, folks. So far, so great, I would say. Yep, definitely. And now it's time to award this episode's Silver Star Medal or Silver Snake for either gallantry in action or sneaky snaky tood in this issue. This is where we each get to award the character in the issue who went above and beyond the call of duty. So, Mr. Wan Van, thank you, Battle Van. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. What do you think? There's a lot going on in this issue. There's not a lot of real intense action scenes. You get the Cobra Commander trying to get away. Then you see some aftermath of some battles, but nothing, no pitch battles or anything like that. You see a lot of people upset over some casualties. You see Scarlet doing her thing where she's mad about the ring. You see a lot going on. You see just a small snippet of the ones they captured. One young lady, I don't know who she was. I apologize. She She's upset, starts crying. But there's one guy who he's only in one panel for one second, but he stands out above all, and it's Snake Eyes. While everybody's upset and aggravated and going on and on, that dude is hanging upside down doing setups, being <laughs> prepped and ready for the next action. He's back there, and he is just doing set upside down setups, and I'm like, that's the guy right there. He is ready for action. He might be locked up, but he is he is ready to go kick some butt. So he's my pick, man. All right. Silver Star for Snake Eye. Jared. I'm going to go with a Silver Snake. 
and I'm giving it to Dr. Mindbender. You know how I do when I close the mm -hmm. issue, who's the last person on my mind? And I was like, you know what? Mindbender had the wherewithal to prepare to clone himself, continued purple this suit. program. He's got the Prince Purple suit. He continued the program. He obviously believes in the mission. You know, for everybody in Cobra is a little bit Weasley, but I truly believe that he believes in the Serpentor project. Just he's just completely bought in and he's not the usual Cobra character who's like looking for any opportunity to screw over his buddy. I think he completely believes in Serpentor and I think that's cool. So, you know what, Mindbender, you might have gone shirtless for the entire 80s, but you're getting a silver snake for me today. Pat, what do you think? You know, and maybe that was the thing that the clone was like, you know what? I ain't going shirtless anymore. I'm going with this whole jacket and business suit. I'm all business now. That guy was a clown. I'm the real thing. Clown versus clone. Yep. I would like to see that. But I am going to go with a silver snake for sneaky snakeitude. And that is because of Serpentor. All right. His plan of what he's laying down here. I'm on board. I want to be part of the coil group, too. I think those troopers look cool. You know, just like Destro's team. I like this team as well, too, because they look really sharp and cool. Ah, with the Grenadiers. The Grenadiers, yeah. They got cool <laughs> outfits. It's like, man, I want to be part of your group. You got cool, out cool outfits. Cool outfits, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's all it takes for you me. You guys are going to be so sorry when Snake Eyes gets out of that jail cell after <laughs> doing all them set up. And cleans the place for y'all are gonna be sorry. Y'all are gonna be sorry. No, I'll be I'll be along for the ride. I'm down for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down for it. I'm just saying in this issue, <laughs> my business to death. <laughs> he did too, and mine was another one too. To just the plan the two have together, and I think is really cool that what's happening here. And it's been a buildup. You know, we go back to that one single issue with Spirit and Cover Girl, where they had first the kid you know, where they found the first kid and that mm -hmm. then it got taken. So, and they go right back to that in this issue, telling you the story. Again, Blaylock, he's good yeah. at planting the laying, seeds. Laying those levels. Yep. And then, yeah, and then paying them off, which is what you want in a long-term writer like this. So I know he's a friend of the show and we wax his car all the time. And, and he's been gracious enough to be on two episodes, but I'm not just saying it. He had a plan and it was a good one. Definitely. We should try to get him back for the, either the end of this one or... Yeah, I'll reach out to you. You know how he is. He likes to yeah. pick sort of key issues to come back for. So I'll reach out and see when he's interested in coming back. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, now let's hand this back over to Death Probe for Death Probe's Toy Chest. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. All right, in this segment, I will take something or someone featured in this issue and give you a brief toy history on it. For this issue, I've selected the natural option of Serpentor. Here's your figure description. He had the gold snake armor with yellow and green trim. His accessories included a green cape, a golden cobra hood headdress, a silver dagger, and a golden snake. And of course, he came with the air chariot vehicle. I distinctly remember wanting this figure so bad, Pat. So, so bad. <laughs> had it. I, I had I it still too. got it, too. I still got I, it. I still have mine as well. I did want to make a note, though. I did say he came with a gold snake, although there were actually a lot of variations. Sometimes he would come with a brown one or a green one as well. Mm -hmm. But the most common one is the gold one. A quick history on him. He was first released in U.S. toy stores as part of Series 5 in 1986, and he was discontinued in 88. And I can tell you for a fact that I got him in 87, because I know I was living in Germany when I found him. and was like, yay! That's the noise I made. It's the noise I still make when I get excited. Anyways. I see they didn't fix that with the cloning of it. No, that's still a thing. So anyway, he was discontinued in 88, but you could get him via mail order direct from Hasbro in 90. 
92 and 93. Although sometimes he didn't come with a cape. It's like they stopped making the cape accessory. So you you, you missed out on the bedazzled green cape. Yes. Oh, that was cool with cape too. <laughs> Here's an odd one for you, Pat. You know how you can sort of judge a character's popularity based on number of versions of the figures? Like Snake Eyes has, I think we checked in, it was 69 or 70 Yes. at this point. Serpentor is a very popular character, but they haven't done a ton of versions. They've only done six as of this recording. There are only six versions of Serpentor. So there is your quick history. I will do my usual around the horn check-in. Dave, I know that you've already admitted this wasn't a big thing in your world, so I'm guessing you didn't have a ton of toys. No Serpentor for you. I have zero G.I. Joe figures in the past or now. Not a single one, but I am holding out for a snake eyes locked in jail doing sit-ups figure. Mm-hmm, the little play set where like you hit a button and he just curls up, you know, starts curling, <laughs> curls <Yeah>. up. <laughs> All right, Pat, you just kind of admitted you had Serpentor. I did. Yes. Loved it. He was my big bad guy. Then I would play with him and, and just him on that air chariot. Oh mm. man. Oh yeah. I just remember it. Cause it came, cause it wasn't a big vehicle. So he came in kind of a small box. It was maybe yep. one of the smallest boxes yeah. that Joe ever put together. But it was kind of brilliant on their part because I think they knew that every kid was going to want Serpentor. Uh-huh. This way, you know, by putting in an air chariot, which probably cost them an extra 10 cents to put in, they can charge. At the time, I want to say Joe's were about $3. And the air chariot, it, I, I'm speculating here, folks. I don't have yeah, the information in front of me, but I want to say the air chariot Serpentor was probably about 9 bucks. I was going to say it's probably be uh, under $10 at the time. Yeah, I'd say it's probably 8 or 9 bucks, and totally worth it as a kid to be like, oh, yeah, guys, that's how you sell it to your parents. Well, it comes with a vehicle. Yeah, yeah, you know, I get but, this and that. And, I mean, and it kind of the same thing with Zartan because remember Zartan came with a little came chameleon, a little mic, yeah, very yeah. similar in their releases. But yeah, what a cool figure! I love it, and so do you. Huh? Mm-hmm. Any memories around picking it up? You remember where you got it or anything like that? Or should we? No, I, I can't remember if I got it as you know a Christmas present, birthday present, anything like that. But I just remember playing with it. I think I really wore it out because he wouldn't stand on the thing anymore. <laughs> you, know, you know, eventually you wear he that. He got all like loose bit. and like, like yeah, flopping around. All, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old ring came on him. And so he's like, yeah, I can repair that if you need that. Anyways, <laughs> like I said, I definitely remember picking mine up. We lived in a real small base in Germany. Oftentimes we have to go to a larger base to get a larger PX to get a more selection of toys. And I'm pretty sure we mm-hmm. went to the PX over near Nuremberg and I found this guy and I was so happy. And I'm sure my parents bought me, you know, two or three of them and Jason mm-hmm. got nothing. Yep. Yeah, Jason got like another grunt. Now, they were like, hey, don't you still have your Ram? And he was like, yeah. So he didn't get anything. It's a sad, tragic tale. It Back is. to you, Pat. Next up is our feedback segment called Combat Comms. And as always, we'll start off combat comms with a roster of our Battle Hardened Crusader Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy early access to special longbox video episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So, these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much-appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Ow. Oh. Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robertson. Dave Collins, but you probably know him as the Battle Wagon. Battle Wagon. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Viola. 
Gerald Green. And I think it's the first time we get to read this name. Welcome to Jason Keen. Welcome, Jason. Very keen of him to join us. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas, who is responsible for our intro and outro music on this show and many other shows. John Watson. Jose Poyo. Josh Strickland. Kathy Bright. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Codename Bushy Beard Man. I don't remember. <laughs> Baron Von Beard. Ed. Baron Von Beard. Uh, <laughs> Baron Von Beard Pentard. <laughs> it's Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. Brad Morin. If we missed anybody on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending us an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? How do I become a Crusaders Club member, Pat? Well, it's simple. You just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. Even a clone can do it. Sweet. Exactly. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusader Club. Come and check it out. Now let's see what messages from our platoon of loyal listeners we have waiting for us on Breaker's ComSat. Communications officer, code name Breaker. Oh, Pat. Pat, we got no messages coming in. No messages coming in. No incoming transmissions. Oh, is the equipment down? I I guess so. Uh, I I went back and I looked to see if we had comments on episode 21 on our social media, which can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we had a lot of likes and shares and retweets, but nobody actually jumped in with the comments, which is ironic because it was episode 21, which was the oh, silent I issue. I get it. I get it. Oh, <laughs> so I get what they I did guess, there. I guess since it was a silent issue, our commenters went silent. But yeah, definitely encourage you guys to comment, give us something to chat about, let us know your thoughts. Although I feel like I might have missed something because I know I remember seeing someone post the alternate alternate cover for 21. Correct. So I must have missed that somewhere in there. I wish I could give credit to that person. Just know if you're out there and you're listening, it was very cool of you to share that. And I'm sorry, I I guess I just must have missed it on social media. But definitely sound off with who you are if you want some credit. That was a really cool catch. Unfortunately, with that, it's going to bring us to the end of this episode. We're at mission complete status for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movies, serials, and so much more, Check out the Longbox Crusade Network. DJ Cristados, where can they find that? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find it on the iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers or at www.longboxcrusade.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. Awesome. If you want to chat with us personally, we can be found in the following places. Back to you, Pat. Well, Jared, I'm glad you passed it back to me. And asked, that can be found at Christatos01 and the Twitter. Jared? I am at Yard Sale Artist Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Dave, I guess you're off the grid, so you got to give everybody your phone number. 
<laughs> phone number, home address, social security number. Yeah, that's all need? we need. That's all we need. Just give them all that. So I am on a self-imposed Facebook, Twitter, Instagram sabbatical, social media sabbatical. However, like I said on my last fill-in, I'm always up to chat if somebody just wants to reach out and chat directly about anything. And you can email me at oldben1972 at gmail.com. All right. There you have it. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. We're usually doing some exciting stuff over there. If you give us a subscription and click that bell, you'll get notifications for when we go live. And we do have some fun over there. So thanks for joining us for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. We'll see you on the battlefield next episode. We will cover issue 24, The Last Stand, part three of four. Until then, Platoon, fall out. Yo, Yo, Joe, Joe, Joe. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. You know, it's like it's it's like you're being nice to somebody who you saw had some business casual pants on and you know <laughs> on the bus ride there it got ripped and somebody nicely would say sir pantor your, your pants tore oh, yeah. yeah yeah that's i'm cutting that out <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I'll, a thing i like about the cover mm. on duke's shirt it's got his name on a patch <laughs> <laughs> he's not losing that shirt anytime yeah, so. like, hey that's duke's shirt <laughs> yeah. i just noticed that as i was looking down large letters too like bam yeah. dude Duke. Okay. May have to edit this out, but I have to ask you guys, is this just a military phrase? Have you guys ever heard the phrase, I'm going to go coil a cobra? I've never heard that phrase. And so this is, I'm thinking this is a military. <laughs> it makes me chuckle when I read about coil, because that is a phrase that uh, I, soldiers will use. It means I'm going to go take a poop. <laughs> they say, I'm going to go coil I a cobra. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, these are all things I learned uh, from the soldiers I was deployed with in Iraq that uh, coil a cobra, uh, plant some wolf bait. These are, these are codes for, for taking a poop. So I had to think, I was like, coil, cobra? <laughs> does does Blaylock know this? Is he making a, a army joke with this sort of an insider thing, or is it just a strange coincidence? So that is your. So I was wondering if coil was an acronym for something, but it never said anything. Like, but what That's does a good it, point? Because I mean, the way you even got it written, you know, you've got it written in capital letters. Does it stand for something? But it never told us what it mm, stood for. Okay. So, I, and I tried to figure it out, but I didn't have enough brain power for that today. Well, let me get to, back to talking about fecal matters. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I interrupted you in that. <laughs> and then so, we're going to coil a cobra. <laughs> oh. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> Maybe I, I don't know. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs>